It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And it is so nice to be with you today. I want to share a little bit of a story. Today, we're talking about creating your vision. And a lot of people that I talk to, and myself included, when we talk about vision, we think, oh, that's what we're going to create. And when we figure it out, that's all we're going to do. And we're going to stay in the vision and it's going to be beautiful. And if life worked that way, if vision worked that way, that would be so cool. And unfortunately, that's not really how it works for most people. So there's probably somebody out there that's listening that's saying, for me, I know what my vision is. I stayed in it every single day. Great. So excited for you. And you are one of the few because the average person, the the most common scenario is we search and we dig and we work towards our vision. And once we identify our lane, okay, where we really shine, oftentimes then things come up that stand in our way from getting there, from being that, from bringing that into the world. And our job is to know what our vision is and work through that. Our job is to share what our vision is with other people so that they can stand alongside us. Because I will tell you what, if you don't have those people that are accountable to you that are saying, hey, I see your vision and I'm not letting you off it, then guess what's going to happen? We stray from our vision. I see this all the time. And when we stray from our vision, we're not in alignment, which is actually what we would classify as unease reword that disease. So you see a lot of sickness happen, then you see a lot of discomfort that comes up. And so I want to share something that happened with me over the last month. This show, Creating Your Vision, I actually intended to share this with you on January 10th, like three weeks ago. I was so excited. We were coming off the holidays and I was going to talk about vision to you and this was going to be great. I was so pumped. But something happened on January 3rd. So on January 3rd, I took my oldest son to a doctor's appointment at our hospital. just happened to be that that's where the clinic was. And I was walking, (laughs) we were walking to the stairwell. There was an elevator and stairs. And I had these shoes on that I don't normally wear. And as we were walking into the stairwell, I noticed that my shoe slid a little bit. I said, oh, this is kind of weird. It had just snowed. The, The ground was wet. But we were in a parking garage and I thought, oh, like that's not good, not safe. And we came to the stairwell and my son says, hey, mom, let's take the elevator. And I looked at him and I said, oh, Caden, come on, it's one flight of stairs. And that moment is something that he has reminded me of since then. So we walked down the stairs and on the last stair, these giant concrete thick stairs, my left foot slipped from out from under me. And I fell right on the middle of my hamstring, hit the stair. Now, it was kind of like a bounce. I I got up pretty quickly and I kept walking. I thought, oh, that's a little sore. We went to his appointment. I was pretty uncomfortable at this point, but it wasn't terrible. We got through his appointment. We walked back to the car in safety. Nobody fell. It was good. We got into the car. We drove home. And at that point, I was starting to feel the pain. The next few days, 
the pain got worse to the point where I thought I should probably go to physical therapy because I had some piriformis issues. If you guys know what that is, they're very painful. I had some issues in the past and it felt like maybe when I fell, I jammed it up and that's what I did. So I scheduled a physical therapy appointment for that Thursday. This accident happened on a Monday. I scheduled it for that Thursday. Well, on Thursday, it turns out my dad was not feeling well, got sick, and he got to go to the hospital. And so I called my physical therapist and I said, hey, can I come tomorrow? And they were very, they were very welcoming. They were okay with that. And I, went, I started physical therapy that Friday. The physical therapy was nice, but what I was realizing was it was activating a lot of the pain. The pain was getting worse. And by Monday, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I was exhausted. I hadn't slept for a week. My, I could barely walk on my leg. And I ended up going into urgent care. Now, urgent care was beautiful. They gave me the, some meds. But the, what they gave me, they did an x-ray to make sure that the leg wasn't broken first. But what they gave me was that the meds that took about two or three days to really get functioning in your body. But by Monday night, Tuesday morning, I was so exhausted and so much pain that my husband finally says, we got to go into the emergency room. So I said, okay. At 3 a.m., we go into the emergency room. This was the fastest trip that I've ever had. Now, given that we're in COVID, you know, pandemic, all the things that are going on in the world right now, I thought this would take forever. It was really, really quick. We got in, they were able to support me with the pain management, and we got home. And it was beautiful. And it was a real turning point for me. I mean, for the next week, you wouldn't have been able to talk to me. I could not show up on the show and give any kind of live uh, speech in any way or conversation or facilitate anything because I had some really great pain medicine and pain management. And it allowed me to get through some physical therapy sessions and work on the muscle development. So there was a lot of stuff going on. I could give you even more details and layers of it of all the things that I got to navigate through during that time, especially with my dad and some of the sicknesses that he had had. He was in and out of the hospital a couple times and just navigating all of that was a challenge. At one point I called my sister because I was in extreme pain and my husband was supporting me, but then my dad got to go to the hospital and I called her up and I said in tears, could you come? I I can't do it. Could you come? And she did. She's five hours away. She was here in five hours. She dropped everything and she stayed for a few days to be with us. So just the most magical things happen. Now, why am I telling you about this when I'm talking about creating your vision? The reason I'm telling you about this is because vision can look a lot of different ways. You can have your long-term, your life vision. You can have shorter term, like what is my goal today? You can even have, what is my goal in this minute? But when this happened on January 3rd, my goal was health. I actually set a goal back in December to focus on health as a priority. And what did I call forward? An opportunity to strengthen my muscles, to work through my resilience, my perseverance, all of these opportunities. Now, this has been one of the most painful experiences. Carrying that level of pain for the last four weeks has been very challenging. And it's given me empathy for people that carry pain like that. On an, on an ongoing basis. But my vision is much bigger than that. So for this piece, my vision is about getting through this experience as healthy as possible. It's about not getting stuck in my story of pain. It's about saying that I could have said today, I, I can't do this show. I'm not sure if I can sit. Because you guys, a week ago, I couldn't sit or stand. I was on crutches for a period of time because I couldn't put any weight on that leg. 
I am only a week off of extreme pain meds. So I could easily say today, I'm not going to show up. I've had two speaking gigs. One was virtual and one was in person over the last two weeks. So last week and the week before. Now, if you, if you coincide with pain medicine and how this all worked, I actually stopped my pain medicine so that I could go and do my virtual speaking gig. And I'm not saying that this is what everybody should do. I'm just saying my vision was health. And as my health improved, I got to add in some of the other pieces. Like I get to serve. I'll tell you what was one of the most freeing things for me though. I have a good friend, Eric. Eric's been on the show before, Eric Dominguez. And Eric is a phenomenal speaker. And Eric and I have some crossover in what we speak on. And what I knew was that if I couldn't show up for these speaking arrangements, for these speaking contracts, for these these, uh, business dealings that I had, if I could not show up to serve the audience, he had my back. He would be there. And knowing that I had that level of somebody that would step in and support me was so huge because it gave me the opportunity to say, it's okay if your health isn't in a position yet to be able to serve this audience, you've got someone who will be there for you and support you until you can. And it turns out I was able to do the virtual. And at that time, when I got done with my virtual speaking, the next week was the in-person. And, and so this one was three hours of standing. Now, just in case we're keeping note here, I did this last Wednesday. As of Tuesday, I had not stood for more than 30 minutes straight. The thought of standing for three hours, like, that was stretchy. But our, my vision was that it got to happen and I got to be in health doing it. And so guess what I created? When I got to this event last Wednesday, I got there and they had a Zoom set up so the people that, that couldn't be there in person. And they said, hey, if you wouldn't mind kind of keeping to this little area, normally when I speak, I get to really interact and be in front of everyone, which requires a lot of steps for me. But they said, if you could just stay in this little area, that would be wonderful. I thought, that's normally, that would be a hard thing. But for today, this is perfect. This is exactly what I require. I wore comfortable shoes instead of heels. No one cared. I worked out what would work for me so that I could be in health and in service. And so as we think about vision, remember how I say it's great if we all have this big vision and nothing can get in the way. But the stronger that your vision is, the more things are going to show up to get in your way. And so for me, for this last month, I had a big thing show up to get in my way. And today I'm super excited to be here with you because it is a part of my vision to share my message with you, to land what it is like to be in vision. I actually had for the last month, a lot of time to just be with myself, to sit and think about the things that are true to me and the things that light me up and excite me. I got to be curious about other areas of work and of family and of connection and of relationships and of support and of surrender. Oh, surrender. Oh my gosh. That's what I've leaned into. So looking at the opportunities when we might, we might tend to say, oh, that sucks. I fell or I got hurt or I'm sick or whatever it is for you. And be in that moment sad for ourselves and be a victim in that space. Now it's okay to be sad. But what's not okay is getting stuck in it. What's not okay is staying in it. And so what we're going to talk about today is how do you actually find your vision? 
Remember, vision is what is it that you want? What lights you up? How do you find that? And then when something shows up, like falling down a stair or uh, a job offer or your kids get sick. Oh my gosh, my, my oldest had COVID and he just went back to school on Thursday. He stayed home for 10 days during this time. My youngest was sick yesterday. He's actually home today. I mean, all this stuff shows up. Maybe you've had a few things that have happened lately that have shown up, that have caused you to say, oh, question what I'm up to. I just read a statistic that said that of the workforce of people that are of working age, that Moms are the ones that have come out of the workforce the highest, seven to one. So seven, seven women of, of childbearing age with children in their houses to one male have pulled out of the workforce. But then I saw another statistic right behind that that I thought was pretty cool. The rate of women-owned businesses that are started in the past year is six times higher than it was in the past. So a lot of these women are coming out of the workforce, but they're saying, I still want to create value. I still want to be a part of of the professional world. And I'm going to do it on my own terms where I can also serve my family. Because what's happening, kids are coming home from school. We've had this two years of, will my kid have somewhere to go? Will they be able to go to school or will they come home? If I just look at the last two weeks, I've had kids home for, no, uh, let's rephrase it. I haven't had kids home for two days out of the last two weeks of school, two and a half weeks. So if I was checking into a job every day, that would be very challenging. So what's happening is women are coming out of the workforce and starting businesses. Now, men are too, but women are at a greater rate. And so that's really cool to see. And it comes back to what's my vision? Do I even, do I have to be in, do we think about vision as entrepreneurship? It has nothing to do with that. I know people that are phenomenal employees that have wonderful visions. I know people that have nothing to do with the work world that are phenomenal parents that have incredible visions. I know people in church, in faith, in spirituality that have incredible visions. Vision does not have to be in the professional space. Vision is about knowing what your lane is, what you're really good at, and knowing how you want to impact the world with that. So we're going to start right there. That is what vision is. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dig into how do you access your vision? Enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. See you in a little bit. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. 
To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We have spent the last 15 minutes talking all about vision, and I'm sharing with you how things get in the way of my vision. Now, the question that I often get asked is, how do I access my vision? How do I know what my vision is? And so what I see is that sometimes we can sit back and wait. So I'm just it's like twiddling my thumbs. I'm just going to sit here and wait until my vision lands from the sky and it's this bright, shining light. And that way I'll know what it is. And sometimes it works that way. I have worked with people where it's so crystal clear what their vision is that then they can just run after it. But typically what happens is when, we, when we're, we're living, working, we leave breadcrumbs. Okay, the equivalent to breadcrumbs. You might actually leave breadcrumbs, but in this case, it's the equivalent to breadcrumbs. So where we find joy, where we find our happiness, remember happiness is that momentary, joy is what sustains us. When we are excited, we get to take notice and be aware. So for me, I'll give you this example. Last week when I was presenting in this three-hour presentation, I was lit up at the end of it. really my, my face was shining. I was so excited top of my excitement level and true joy because I knew I got to make an impact. And so for me, that was an, an that wasn't even a breadcrumb. That was like a loaf of bread. It was saying, Kathleen, be aware this is in your lane. And so when you start to pay attention to what it is that you really enjoy, you're getting closer and closer to what your vision is, which just means where am I meant to play? We're really saying, what are the gifts that I have that I get to give to the world? What I see a lot of times is that people have gifts, but they're not necessarily using them. Now, you don't have to work in your vision every day. There are a lot of people, especially that donate their time, volunteer into nonprofits, that they are seeing their vision through there. Now, my work specifically, I really enjoy working with teams to improve their effectiveness. I use the tools of coaching and speaking and facilitation and interruption. And so all these tools that I bring in, but ultimately I get to work with teams to improve their effectiveness. And so that is super exciting for me because it involves really understanding who these people on your team are and getting to talk in a way that they can understand you and that you can understand them. It's peeling back the layers. It's knowing what gets in the way. It's knowing where they shine and what each of one of them can really look like in their power, not just ourselves. So it's how we stand for other people. That's what I'm a stand for. And in my vision, we are a a world that connects, communicates, and is authentic. That's what I'm a stand for. So the, the things that I'm a yes to are in relation to that. So I know that my speaking, facilitating, and coaching, those are my skill sets. That's what I'm really good at. Am I a great strategist? Absolutely. Like, there's no question about that. And I, I say this in a very humble way because you have a lot of skill sets too. You have a ton of them. But that doesn't mean that they necessarily fit into your vision. Your vision is about how do you bring all that together to support? How do you bring all your skill set together to support? In my vision, in order to reach it, I get to be willing to let go of what doesn't work. I ran a marketing agency for 10 years that I love. It was awesome. And it was producing a lot of money. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the team. But I knew in my heart that I was meant to serve in a different way. 
that I was meant to utilize a different skill set to move forward, to support this, this growth of not just companies, but these growth of human beings in a different way. And so I got to get rid of what I knew in order to fulfill my vision. So for you, what that looks like is looking for those breadcrumbs, seeing where you get excited, seeing what lights you up. Just take note. I mean, grab a piece of paper and halfway through the day, what's gotten you excited? What have you enjoyed? Now, sometimes it may be a harder dig than others. Some days it may be if you're sitting at home, there are a lot of people at home right now. And some people want to be there and some people don't. But for you, it might be that. It might be, I got to be at home, but yet I got to interact with people. It may be that they didn't make me turn the camera on when I was on Zoom. It may be that I got to go into work today and I got to be around people. It may be that I got to lead a meeting. Look for what excites you. And then this next piece, this is tricky because this piece is something that's counterintuitive to what I talk about, what a lot of people talk about. Normally, when we're looking for vision, we say, look for what excites, like for where the difference that you see in the world, what you want to see in the world. So we're looking for what we might term as the positive, okay? So we might say, what do we see in the world and we want more of? So that is one way. But what I'm gonna invite you to is to look at the places in the world that you don't like, that you can't stand, that are like nails on a chalkboard for you. For me, nails on a chalkboard is when people don't communicate and it creates these big challenges and risks. But really, if we just talk to each other, not at a surface level, but at a deeper level, if we really listen to each other, we wouldn't have to have these risks. And when I saw it that way, I realized it's not that people don't want to talk to each other. It's that I don't believe that they know how to talk to each other. We are taught how to have surface level conversations, but we aren't taught how to have deeper conversations. We aren't taught how to understand how to really work with somebody. We aren't taught how to listen deeply. Those aren't those are things that are not in our school curriculum. Believe me, I have homeschooled my kids. I studied curriculum. The, the teachers have a lot on their plate. They are teaching emotional intelligence and social emotional intelligence and academics. But this is something deeper. This is something way deeper. And where do we learn it? We learn it at home, maybe. We learn it with our friends. Maybe if we're lucky, we learn it at work. Probably not. And yet, it's one of the most fundamental things if we taught how to really get along with other people, how to really understand other people, how to really connect with other people, the world would be a better place. So, in order to understand that vision, I got to look at what didn't work, in my opinion, versus what did work. So, for you, look around and say, what is it that's nails on a chalkboard that you just can't stand in the world. It could be war. It could be turmoil. And so if you're a stand for that, what I hear is you're a stand for peace. So where do you get to go? If you're going to create a world of peace, what would peace look like to you? And so then we start to go back down. We're back in this vision down into the mechanism. So oftentimes, too, what I hear is that we, we create vision based on a mechanism, not an intention. Now, I gave the presentation I was telling you about last week. I've given this, this same presentation multiple times. And one of the core fundamental pieces of what we talk about is the difference between intention and mechanism. Other words that some people use, vision versus tactic. It's 
strategy versus goal. Intention versus mechanism. Intention is what do we want to create? Mechanism is how we do it. If I say intention, I want to lose weight. Mechanism, I want to run every day. What I hear is that sometimes we set our vision, our intention based on I'm going to run every day for 60 days. That's a mechanism versus I'm going to be the healthiest that I can. I want to be a size eight. I'm throwing numbers out there. If my goal is to be a size eight, my goal is to be healthy. My goal is to lower my blood pressure. My goal is to lower my cholesterol. My goal is to see my kids walk down the aisle at their weddings. That's my vision. That's my intention. But my mechanism is how I'm going to do it. We do not want to confuse setting our vision or intention at a mechanistic level. So I'm presenting with this group last week. There was a lot of tension over this topic, as there always is. And people that really, really wanted to stick to mechanistic-based thinking. They said, well, what if I have this event? And I say, I'm going to get 50 people there, but I don't get 50 people there. I'm going to get 30 people there. Awesome. I mean, that's a very great example of a mechanistic-based goal. But the reality is, why are we having the event? What's the purpose of the event? Is the event to raise money? Great. How much money? And what are we raising it for? So in the case of this experience that I was at last week, I was working with the scouting group. And so with the scouts, all the events, the membership drives, all of that is to drive interest in scouting. Now, scouting has a very, uh, there's lots of things that go with it. It's about being prepared. It's about building uh, faithful, strong, quality character individuals. So if you are a part of the scouting mission, if you believe in that, then the events and the membership drives, all of that, they're just mechanisms to get to the bigger goal. So if we, where are we focusing? Are we focusing on the mechanism? Or are we focusing on the intention, the vision? Where do you place your goal? And so when we think about our vision, make sure that you're focusing it on the intention. So look around, see what excites you, see what you don't think is working in the world. And that's where you get to go. That is where you get to point your vision. And once you figure out what your vision is, you can't let yourself off it. That can be kind of hard because lots of stuff's going to come up. Like you're going to fall down a stair. Now, I hope you don't fall down a stair. I'm not wishing that upon you, but something's going to come up that's equivalent to that. Something is going to pull you off course from that goal. And I don't say that as if maybe, hopefully, it'll happen. No, 100%. It's going to happen. Something's going to pull you off of that. What do you do then? What do you do? It's going to be great. You guys, it's going to be something so big that you'll say, hmm, maybe that vision's not that important to me. Maybe my vision's actually shifted. Maybe. Maybe your, let's just say your, uh, another job comes up. You've been focused on a vision and all of a sudden you get this job offer that's going to pay you twice as much. That's pretty enticing. That is hard to say no to. Or like, this happens all the times in politics, you guys. I see this. I went through a simulation a few years ago where I got to uh, be a senator. So in the United States, we have a senator system and I got to be a senator. And it, it, we, it was 
very accurate simulation where you go in with these morals and you know exactly what you want to create. You are representing the people. And then these special interest groups come and then money starts flowing. And then in order to get reelected, there are certain things that you, choices that you get to make. And all of a sudden you notice that it's a slippery slope and that your vision for what you wanted to create and how you're doing it, a little bit of distance in between. And so it really can be challenging to stay locked in, in your vision. Yet this is one of the most important things. It's the difference between actually creating what you want in this world for yourself, for your employees, for your families, for for everybody around you. Staying in your vision is so important. And yet, very few people do it. So we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to share with you, how do you keep yourself locked in on the vision, even when big stuff's happening around you, even when enticing things are happening around you that want to pull you away? What do you do then? That's what we're going to talk about. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in a bit. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. So today we've been talking all about creating your vision and we have shared in this show so far how to figure out what your vision is. So really think about the breadcrumbs that you're leaving, where you're getting excited. So that's the stuff that's in alignment with who you are and what your skill set is. And then look at where you think the injustices or the things that just drive you nuts are. And that's where you get to go to solve the challenge. So in your vision, we're crafting. Now, we could get really crafty on words and messaging because that's absolutely a piece of this. But this just gives you the bare bones version of how do you actually figure out what your vision is. So once you know what your vision is, then the question becomes, how do you stay in it? How do you stay with your vision? Because all kinds of things are going to come up that are going to distract you from it. But I'll tell you some things that work for me. One of them is I tell people what my vision is. So here, sharing with you my vision on this show, that is one way of sharing it. I have my producers here that hear it and they know what my vision is. I share it with my husband. I share it with my friends. I have buddies, meaning these people are people that I am committed to. I know what their vision are. I know what their vision is. They know what mine is. They don't let me off it. 
So when I call them up, that's another piece. I call them up. So one of my buddies, I speak once a week. We have a set time each week that we talk. And he knows my vision. And when we talk, we're really saying, are you committed to your vision? What's standing in the way? Because I know that I'm not going to let him off it. Unless he, he's going to enroll me in another vision, I am holding him to his vision. I have another buddy that I talk to at least once a day. And she knows my vision. It doesn't mean that every day I have to be focused and locked in. It just means in the big picture, I'm moving towards my vision. So when I say, hey, Wendy, I'm thinking about um, maybe doing this thing for for my business or for work or for my life or whatever that is, she'll say, "Uh uh-huh, okay, tell me more about that. And so I tell her about it. And then she says, how does that relate to your vision? And she's pulling me back into my vision. As somebody who can go here and here and here and here and here and here. That's how my mind works. Anybody else out there? It can be great to have a million ideas. But how many of those actually relate to your vision? Having the idea and moving forward with the idea are very different things. So think about it. If you're working with a team, you're running a team, and you're going from here to here to here to here to here. Here's my message for you. Your team can't keep up. Your team can't keep up. They want to see the vision. Now, it's okay to sway a little bit from the vision. That's not a big deal. But you got to be locked in and know where it is. When I think about what makes a team a team, high-performing teams, what is the number one strength of a high-performing team? If, If you said to me right now, could you come in and look at my team and see how we're doing? The very first thing that I would do is I would ask each member of the team individually, I'd say, what is the vision for this team? Why does this team exist? And I would see what they say. And you can do that too. You can ask your team. It often is better if a third party is asking it because sometimes they'll be a little bit jaded. But what you want is that everybody says the same thing. And ideally, what's even better is if what they say and what you say are the same thing. That's a bonus. That's what you want. And I can't tell you how many times I've asked these questions, and they're not the same. I can't tell you how many times I have walked into a, a company, organization, association, and I have said, what is the vision? Why do you guys exist? And a lot of them can't even open their mouths. Early on in my career, I worked at a company where when you walked in the doors, the vision was hanging from the wall. So everybody saw it. Some people would even tap it when they walked in. But I thought, well, this is interesting. We see it every single day. We have some tactile touch sometimes where we're touching it. Clearly, everyone knows the vision. It is written on a board that we see every time we walk in. So I started saying, what's the vision for the company? Why are we here? Do you know how many people could say the words that were up on that wall that they touched every day that they saw when they walked in? About 10%. So the words were great. I mean, the words were really well written. It's been a lot of time crafting these words. But at the end of the day, it didn't land with the team. They didn't know really what they were up to. They were there for a paycheck. I'll tell you what, I was listening to an economist the other day, and she was telling me about why people go from company to company. She said, they come for the salary. They stay for the benefits, but they're motivated by the culture. They come for the salary, they stay for the benefits, but they're motivated by the culture. And what we're talking about here is if they don't know why 
They exist that as the fundamental piece of culture. He's understanding what our purpose is and why we're here. And so that's, that's really important. And really what that is, we boil it down and we combine these words to say the team gets to understand why they're here, their vision for this team, the vision for this environment. I even have a family vision. We actually have it posted up on our wall. And it's about love. We lead with love. That's it. If my kids, I don't care if my kids are the brightest kids or the best at sports, but I want them to be the kindest and most loving kids. I want them to be servant leaders. And that's what's important to my husband and to me for our family. And so we, we convey that to our children every single day. So if I go ask my children, what does the recent family stand for? They might have different words describing it. But what I, I'm going to use the word hope. What I hope it is, is about how we stand for other people, how we see ourselves. So it's really important to understand that for any team that you belong to, your family, your community, your company, whatever it is for you, your department, your friends, why do you exist? What's the purpose of this? And this is where you get to vision. And then once you understand that, you tell everybody around you because you don't want them to let you off it. And here's the piece about this that I want to really be transparent about is that when I'm holding somebody in their vision, it doesn't always sound nice. Sometimes it can be the most uncomfortable thing to hold somebody in their vision. Because when we really are in resistance to our vision, to where we've said we want to go, it can get nasty. It can say, no, this is where I want to go. This is this, this job opportunity, for example. This is what I want. They're willing to pay me twice the salary that I am now. Are you willing to be the person for somebody else that says, I hear you? And what you told me is this, what's important, this is what's important to you. And what you're also sharing with me is that job opportunity doesn't align. Now take that into a team environment. Take that into an environment where this is exact, I had this exact same conversation last week where somebody was talking about a flyer. The flyer is so important. It, it didn't get printed on time and they were frustrated because this flyer meant that they couldn't, couldn't get the word out. And the person that was holding the vision for the team said, I understand your frustration on the flyer, but it's not about the flyer. Pick another mechanism. Send an email. Send a direct mail. The flyer is irrelevant. And the person that was talking about the flyer was so set on this flyer, had to get out and look a certain way. They were stuck on the mechanism. It wasn't about the flyer. But when you get somebody that's really stuck on the mechanism, or you're the person that's really stuck on the mechanism, you're missing the sight of the vision. Because when you're, when you're focused on the vision, you can have all sorts of creativity. Anything is possible at that point because you're saying, how do I make this work? There's a million different ways, infinite number of ways that this vision could be created. I figured out one way it didn't work. Let's go for another one or another one or another one. But when you're focused on a goal, a mechanism, a tactic, like a flyer, where do you go from there? If you say this flyer has to get out to a thousand people, I've got to get this flyer out. And guess what? The printer doesn't print a thousand copies. The printer's broken. It's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Kinko's is closed. Are there still Kinko's? 
I might date myself there, but the, the printers are closed. I can't get this flyer out. I have failed. If you're at the mechanistic level, if you're focusing on getting the flyer out, you missed the boat. Because hear me, it's not about the flyer. It's about what the flyer is meant to convey. So you put those into your words for anything that's going on around you. And think about it. Have you been crafting visions based on mechanism or based on intention? Set your vision based on the big picture goal that you want to create in the world, in your companies, in your families. Don't get hung up on the tactic. Take this one back into your family and look at it this way. If you have family game night every single Friday night, all of the family members, so in my case, there would be, we have three boys and, and my husband and me, so five, all five members have to be a part of game night in order for game night to be a success, in order for us to, to have a great night. If that was my vision, what happens when one of my kids gets COVID and has to be in quarantine? Well, we can't do family game night because it's not five of us, so we failed. But what was the whole point of family game night? It's about connection. It's about really bonding and having time together. And if we focus on that, how else could we create it? What else could be possible? Could we zoom him in? Could we stand outside his room? Could we play battleship at his door where he has one and we have the other and we get to play? There's all kinds of things that could be possible. When we get outside of the confines that we've set at a mechanistic level, when we look at big picture and set our visions based on a bigger goal. Now, this concept that I'm sharing with you right now, this is one of the hardest concepts to accept. This is where I see the most fight. And typically it's because the people that have had the mechanistic based thinking, it's a lot easier to focus on a flyer, one single thing. It's a lot easier to say, it got done correctly, yes or no. I could check my box based on that. But that's not always effective. And we're missing the point. Maybe you've heard seeing the forest from the trees. If you see a tree line, all you see are trees. You don't know how deep that forest is. But if you stand back or you look at it from a drone perspective, you can see all of it. The vision that's coming to mind, and it's a story, and Maybe you've heard it before, but there was a man and he was hanging from this cliff and he was, this, this voice said, just, just unlatch and drop to the ground. You'll be fine. He kept hearing this voice, but the man kept saying, no, I'm not going to drop because it's, I'm going to fall to my death. So he's hanging from this, this big rock. It's very cold out. He all night, he hears this voice, just drop. The, from the clip, I just dropped the rope. You will be fine. And he kept saying, no, I will fall to my death. And he ended up freezing overnight. He, he froze to death. And this man comes along and they find him. They find this man. He's hanging from this, this rock and he's six inches from the ground. And this voice had been telling him, just drop from the cliff. Just drop, drop the rope. You'll be fine. But he kept saying, no. And that's what we're talking about is when we, we get to trust, first of all, in that story, but it's also about seeing the bigger picture. All we see is 
well, we fell a long way and we don't know where we got to go. So I can't, I can't let go. I might fall to my death. So we'd rather freeze to death than drop and risk nine of, of a fall. I think that's what we're saying of, are you willing to give up what you know for what you want? When I shared with you earlier that I ran my, my marketing firm, my advertising agency for 10 years before I sold it because I was meant to go on a bigger journey and a different journey. I don't have to classify it as bigger or better or any of that. Just a different journey. That was really scary. That was like hanging from the cliff, being six inches from the ground and hearing this, just drop from the cliff. You'll be fine. And me saying, but where I'm on isn't bad. And I might fall to my death. That moment of truly choosing vision that was scary. That was hard. That was, that, was, that was really hard. And yet when I chose it, it was one of the most freeing things I had ever done. Choosing what you want over what you know, that's one of the most challenging decisions you'll ever make. And yet true freedom, surrender, joy, it just lies right on the other side. So when you pick vision and to live into your vision, I, I can't even put into words what that's like. All I can say is you get to experience it. I believe everyone gets to experience it. It's our job as we come into this world to figure out what it is that our vision is and live into it. That's our job. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we will wrap all of this up. You are listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. So glad that you joined us on the Kathleen Recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Today, we've been talking all about creating your vision. And one of the things that we just said before break that I said is that I believe it's our job. It's our, it's our right as a human being, as somebody who lives and breathes to understand what our vision is and to live into it. That is our mission. It's why we're sent here and you can use the words however you want whatever you believe from where we are to where we go any of that what we do between our periods have you ever heard that between our periods so when you when you're born and when you die those are your periods so the dash is what's in between think about on a headstone if you've got your birth date and your death date the dash in between so you got your periods those are your ends your birth date and your death date your dash is in between what are you going to do in between that for me what i believe it's about understanding what your vision is and living into it that's really, that's it. That's our goal for life. Understand what your vision is and live into it. So find a job that aligns with that. Run a business that aligns with that. Run a family that aligns with that. Raise your kids that aligns with that. Life is really that simple. And yet the path to it can be a little challenging. It can be a little rocky. And so I want you to think about how you surround yourself. Who do you surround yourself with? This is a question I've asked myself a lot uh, throughout my life. Now, there are people that there's, 
every time I say this, I don't remember who wrote it. So bear with me on it. But it's really about the five people that you surround yourself with. You can pick your number. It could be seven, 10. I don't really care what the number is, but it's about the people that are closest to you. Who do you let into your inner circle? Because that's who you are. They're just a reflection of you. And so if the people that are around you are negative, they're, they're constantly dragging other people down. They're in judgment. Uh, they don't chase their dreams. They are a reflection of you. And so you get to look at that and say, where am I in judgment? Where am I not moving forward? Where am I dragging other people down or myself down? Where am I not willing to give up what I know for what I want? Where am I not willing to think about what it is that I'm truly meant to do here in this life? Or maybe you have people around you that challenge you, that get you excited and run with you, that sometimes they're the ones that are leading and sometimes you're the ones that are leading, but they are tag teaming with you and they're saying, you run fast, I'll catch up. Then they pass you and then you say, you run fast and I'll catch up. Those are the people you want to run with. Those are the people that cheer you on, that when you're down, they lift you up, that when you fell on the stair and you can't get out of bed and you're hurting and you're on payments, they say, it's okay, I got you. I had a good friend that he picked me up to go to, I'd get an MRI. It was a beautiful experience. If you've ever done it, don't really recommend it. I was very nauseous and I got to go to an MRI. Uh, if you know about an MRI, so donut hole machine, it looks like a donut hole and you sit in between it and they move it back and forth. So I got to get an MRI of my leg to make sure I didn't have torn muscles and torn hamstring. And so I'm in the MRI machine. It's my friend. He, he, gets, he drives me to the, to the place where, where I got this image. He gets me out, gets me in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk. He wheels me up. I said, I'm not feeling so well. Everybody else is wearing masks because that's the requirement here right now. They're all wearing masks in this medical facility. And I have a barf bag in front of me because, oh, I just really felt like I'm not going to hold it together. But he didn't, he didn't judge me. He was so kind. He drove me or he drove my wheelchair up to where I needed to be. We didn't know where we were going, but we figured it out. And he drove me up there. He parked me. He sat with me. And then this guy comes to, this other guy, he comes to pick me up to take me back and do the MRI. And he is not as kind. He drives like, felt like about a hundred miles an hour. I don't, I don't know what, how you rank the miles per hour, but he's really fast. And I said, could you slow down? I, I don't feel that well, but I am determined to get through this MRI. So he slows down just a hair, but not really that much. We get into the MRI machine. He helps me get into there. And he says, I hope you don't have to use that bag. I said, well, I hope I don't either, but if I do, what do you want me to do? And he goes, well, if you do, we'll have to start the machine all over again. I said, if we do, and I'm in this MRI machine, I think you've got bigger challenges because it's probably going to be messy. He did not smile. He didn't think that was funny at all. But we got through the MRI. We did the entire scan. I was very proud of myself. I did not throw up. We got, he, he stopped it when it was, was done and I got out and I got into the wheelchair. And I was so proud of myself for making it through that experience. I say to the guy, I'm a little nauseous, so if you could just bear with me. Would you believe that he grabs the wheelchair and he starts running down the hall to get me back to my friend? Halfway to my friend, I stop him. I put my hand up and I say, you, you got to stop. And right there in the middle of the hallway, I just let it all out. And he says to me, do you want me to roll you to the bathroom? I say, it's probably a good idea. And he sits me in there until he says, are you ready to go now? hands me another barf bag, and then wheels me out to my friend. My friend was very kind again. He goes slower. He helps me, gets me back into the car, gets me back home, all safe and good. 
That's the difference between the people we surround ourselves with. My friend cared. My friend made sure that I was safe, that I was feeling the best that I could be. But he knew that I still got to move home. He still knew that I got to, got to get home and get into bed. And he, he still followed my vision of what I got to create. He didn't let me off of it. But he also knew what I needed. He listened to me. That other guy, he didn't. He is not going into my friend circle. Not right now, anyway. He had a mission. His was about how many people can I put into that MRI machine? So think about that. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who gets to be around you? Who gets to hold your wheelchair? Who's the person that you're going to call when you don't feel great that's going to lift you up, hold you to your vision, know what your vision is, and not let you off it? It would have been easy for me to cancel because I just didn't feel that great. But that's where I got to be in that moment. So who are you surrounding yourself with? Think about that. When you understand what your vision is, when you have done the work to figure it out, that's half of it. Then it's about putting yourself around people that are going to lift you up and carry you through those hard days. When you can't walk, which is something that I just witnessed, that I just went through. When you can't walk, who's going to be the crutches for you? I've shared this statistic on this show before, and I'm going to share it again. Guess how many people that the average person has to lean on an emotional crisis? What's the number of people that the average person has to lean on in an emotional crisis? The answer is zero. Zero. And that statistic is what drives me. That's not okay. We get to have connection. We get to have support. We get to lean on other people. We get to surrender. We get to see that there are people around me. I actually believe that that statistic is inaccurate. I just believe that that's what we see. We see zero people around us, but there's actually hundreds, if not thousands, or millions of people around us that would be willing to support and step up if we gave them the chance. But that's the work that we get to do and we get to understand. So that's the work that I get to teach which is brilliant. That's my, that's my lane. That's my vision. And so my invitation to you is to figure out what lights you up and what your vision is. And once you do that work, you hold on to it. You don't let yourself off of it. You share it with the world so that they can hold on for you, with you, because not every day is great. You don't wake up every single day and say, I know my vision and I'm running for it. Wouldn't that be great? But that's not how life works. If you know how to do that, please reach out to me and let me know. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Your job is to figure out what your vision is and live into it each and every day. It is that simple. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Kathleen, the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. It is so nice to be back with you after a little hiatus of healing. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you next Monday. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.